0: Ha 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 ha!
1: We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR 101.9 or on your computer on the web www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. I said that, didn't I? Well, I'll say it again. This is The Jazz Show. One thing I would like to remind you of before we go on with anything else is that uh, this week uh, CITR is having its fun drive. This is our annual um, yearly uh, fun drive that uh, we ask you to donate a little or a lot to uh, CITR and uh, keep everything uh, in shape and uh, all that kind of stuff. So you can donate uh, ahead of time online, citr.ca slash donate. That's one way of doing it. And you can use any credit card, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Or you can uh, write this number down, 604 822 Two eight six four eight 8648 or 604-UBC-UNIT. And on March the 9th, which is commencement day for the fun drive, you can phone in and make a donation, any kind of donation. Five bucks, $10, 20 and onward. And you can actually donate to a specific show. And if you say, um, for instance, if you want to donate uh, $30 to the jazz show, then you just tell the call taker um, it's for the jazz show. We would appreciate that very much. And uh, that's the way it's uh, going to be. We'll be talking more about that next week, of course, because it's fun drive week and the show next Monday will be all about uh, music, but it'll also be a lot about the fun drive as well and the reasons that uh, we need to um, raise money every year for uh, CITR. And, of course, it's uh, extremely um, its different radio than uh, what uh, is out there, and uh, the, our programming is uh, very... Um, broad and varied, and there's all kinds of interesting shows on CITR. Anyway, that's uh, what's happening, and the fun drive starts March the 9th and goes on to the 17th. That's the final day. All right. Our jazz feature artists. Actually, there's going to be two birthday celebrations tonight. One we're going to celebrate a little later, and that's the birthday of the very famous and probably the most revered guitarist in jazz, Wes Montgomery. He's likes, liked by such a broad range of, of people. He was born on this day, March the 6th. But another guy who was going to be our jazz feature artist right on, off the top is somebody who is lesser known. His name is Howard McGee, and he plays the trumpet, Howard was a complete musician. He was also a great arranger and a wonderful composer as well. Howard McGee is kind of one of the, I suppose, one of the more neglected figures in uh, the trumpet legacy in jazz music. Unjustifiably so, as you'll hear from this uh, uh, our jazz feature album. Howard McGee came up, uh, was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, March the 6th, 1918, and he was raised in Detroit because his family moved north. And, uh, of course, he uh, learned how to play the trumpet in schools there and and so on and so forth. And, of course, as a young man, he uh, joined big bands because they were happening at the time. And that's how a lot of musicians got their schooling and uh, learned how to play and learned how to blend with other musicians musically and uh, read music, and all those kind of important basics for any musician, and uh, learned how to swing. And Howard McGee swung. He's a great trumpet player. The thing about Howard McGee, of course, um, is that he retained uh, some of that old school playing in his um, in his trumpet work. Now, he was a thoroughly modern player, and he was considered to be one of the very first uh, modern jazz artists to play the trumpet. He came up with his running buddy, Fats Navarro, who went on to legendary status and became one of the, the biggest influences on trumpet, even though Fats' his life was very short. Um, Howard McGee... Uh, unfortunately kind of fell by the wayside. And because I think he had that kind of um, old-school sound uh, in his playing or old-school influence in his playing, he wasn't considered as hip and as modern as, say, his contemporaries, Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, and Fats Navarro, and to a lesser extent, Kenny Dorham. Howard um, had a quite an up-and-down career. Uh, he, after the, his big band experience, he played with Lionel Hampton, Andy Kirk, a whole bunch of big bands, and headed out to the West Coast to Los Angeles and um, began uh, working there and joined Coleman Hawkins, the great uh, tenor saxophonist, the father of the tenor saxophone. And after his uh, tenure with Coleman Hawkins, uh, Howard became associated with Charlie Parker and made a whole bunch of recordings with Charlie Parker. And by that time, Howard was playing in a very modern style. Howard um, is on some of the classic Charlie Parker albums when, when Charlie Parker was living in Los Angeles uh, in 1946. And uh, he, How- Howard uh, appeared on... Uh, several um, recordings with, uh, with Bird, and actually composed uh, several tunes um, uh, and, and helped, uh, helped Charlie Parker arrange some of the music on, on these important sessions. And, of course, they're now um, eternal jazz classics. After that, um, Howard moved, uh, headed for New York City. And he hooked up with his old buddy Fats Navarro, and they made a whole bunch of uh, um, wonderful recordings for Blue Note Records in about 1948. And they formed a little uh, recording band called the McGee Navarro Bop Tet, uh, and it featured those two trumpet players going off on one another. And those recordings are, are are lessons for any trumpet player. A lot of people like Woody Shaw, Wynton Marcellus, contemporary trumpet players have studied those recordings. They are quite, quite amazing. Howard uh, went on to uh, uh, a pretty good career in the early 50s. Uh, he actually did a, a government-sponsored tour uh, with an all-star band, including J.J. Johnson and some other people, um, to Guam and the Philippines. And um, uh, that was uh, very interesting. And then, of course, he came back to New York and, and did some more recording. But unfortunately, Howard was a victim of something that affected a lot of musicians and, uh, of his era. And he fell into drug addiction in the 50s, and he had a very kind of a spotty career during the 50s. He did make a couple of good recordings, but uh, disappeared for um, periods of time because he was uh, incarcerated for, for drug offenses and petty crime and all the kind of stuff associated with drugs. Um, in the late 50s, Howard emerged, and uh, he began recording again, and obviously he had lost nothing. Uh, in his playing, despite his setbacks, and uh, he joined James Moody's band, which was a fine little band that uh, that Moody had. And uh, this is when he made our jazz feature album. Um, Howard, of course, had come back in full force, and uh, we'll get to the album in a minute. The rest of Howard's career was, um, again, uh, during the '60s. Um, he did very well. Uh, recorded quite a bit, did a tour of Europe, actually, with Sonny Stitt, J.J. Johnson, and uh, was quite prominent. And um, unfortunately for uh, a lot of musicians of his era, uh, the six, the early 60s were great, but by the time the late 60s rolled around with uh, jazz clubs closing and uh, rock and roll taking over um, the music business, uh, people like Howard McGee were kind of put out to pasture, unfortunately. Um, he wasn't the only one. But he somehow survived into the 70s and uh, um, began teaching. And he actually um, uh, put together a big band in New York and, and, and went on and continued to play and became kind of a, an icon for um, younger musicians. He actually taught a whole lot of professional musicians, arranging, composing, and also uh, um, taught trumpet. And Howard uh, lived until age 69. He died in 1987. Anyway, we go back to our jazz feature recording. This is what we're really getting to And this is a wonderful record, and it's called Maggie's Back in Town. Maggie was Howard McGee's nickname, of course. Everyone who knew him called him Maggie. And uh, this is uh, why this album was uh, titled that. And it was uh, released on Contemporary Records. Howard um, recorded it, of course, in Los Angeles in June of 1961. And he picked out three people to back him up. One of them was the genius. And I mean genius in the true sense of the word of modern jazz piano. And I'm talking about Phineas Newborn Jr., who was absolutely magnificent on this. Usually we hear Phineas in a trio setting, but we'll hear him hear how he is so beautifully backs up the trumpet. Um, and, of course, solos with uh, uh, absolute, his solos are amazing. Phineas Newborn Jr. on piano, the great walker. Leroy Vinegar on bass, and some wonderful creative drumming by the one and only Shelley Mann, and of course, Howard on trumpet. The selections on this album are uh, pretty straightforward. We open with a Howard McGee original, and it's a pretty simple tune, but it's kind of neat, and it features an interplay between Howard and, and uh, Phineas Newborn. It's called Demon Chase. Then the second tune is, uh, of course, a standard tune, and it's a bluesy version of Willow Weep for Me. And tune number three is an up-tempo tune, uh, usually played a little slower, but Howard takes it pretty fast, and it is Softly as in a Morning Sunrise by Sigmund Romberg. Then a tune by Howard's buddy, Teddy Edwards. And this is uh, probably Teddy's most famous composition, it's a tune called Sunset Eyes. That's tune number four. And then another Teddy Edwards composition uh, dedicated to Howard, and it's called Maggie's Back in Town, the title track. And then we go to a version of George Gershwin's most famous tune, or one of his most famous tunes, Summertime. And we end with a tune by Clifford Brown, and it's a lip and finger buster, and Howard McGee just plays it so beautifully. And it it uh, closes the album out. The, the tune is called Brownie Speaks. So here then is the legendary and wonderful Howard McGee. Phineas Newborn Jr. on piano, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and Shelly Mann on drums. And we open with Demon Chase. ¶¶ mm Our jazz feature artist this evening, celebrating his birthday anniversary, he was born on this day in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in 1918. And he passed away at age 69 in New York City, his adopted home, in 1987. We heard Howard McGee on trumpet, and this is probably his most personal album because it features Howard with... Um, piano, bass, and drums, and no other horn. Uh, Normally, he usually played with uh, a couple of other horns, but uh, this time, it was a quartet date, and it came out on uh, contemporary records, and it was called Maggie's Back in Town, Maggie, of course, being Howard's nickname. And we heard this hand-picked quartet. Mr. McGee chose one of the great geniuses of jazz piano, Phineas Newborn, Jr., to accompany him on bass, the great Leroy Vinegar, and of course, Leroy's favorite drummer, and a drummer that he really connected with, Shelly Mann. And of course, uh, uh, these four gentlemen uh, created these um, seven pieces that we heard on this album. We opened with a uh, Howard McGee composition, a very simple blues, but uh, effective. It's called Demon Chase. Uh, Perhaps that was uh, the title from his uh, downfall in the 50s when he was uh, chasing the drug demon for uh, quite a while and it led to his uh, uh, incarceration and and, uh, off the scene, this sort of thing. But uh, he emerged triumphant in the late 50s and uh, began recording again. And, of course, this was part of uh, um, his comeback, actually. Howard had a rather up-and-down career in music. But, um, and unfortunately, uh, people forget about uh, Howard being one of the pioneers of modern jazz. And uh, he really was one of the very first trumpet players to um, adapt to the new way of playing um, jazz music in the 40s. Um, because of his associations uh, with people like Fats Navarro and other modern musicians. And of course, uh, he made some very, very significant recordings with Charlie Parker in the mid-40s when Charlie Parker was uh, living in Los Angeles on the West Coast. Anyway, back to this album, the opening track, Demon Chase. Uh, We followed that with uh, the great Anne Ronell standard, Willow Weep From Me, And then an up-tempo version of uh, Jerome Curran's Softly as in the Morning Sunrise. Then a composition by his buddy, Teddy Edwards, probably Teddy's most famous composition, the thing called Sunset Eyes. And then uh, another piece of music by um, Teddy, and uh, the longest track on the album, and it's the title track, Maggie's Back in Town. That's the name of the tune. We followed that with... um, Howard's version of the George and Ira Gershwin from Porky and Bess. Summertime, probably the most best-known tune uh, in jazz standards or any kind of standard, really. Everybody knows Summertime. And the final tune was uh, a real barn burner and uh, um, brought out all the chops and uh, the incredible facility of Howard and pianist Phineas Newborn And we heard a composition written by Clifford Brown, and uh, that was called Brownie Speaks. Maggie's Back in Town, recorded in Los Angeles in June of 1961. Our jazz feature, and we certainly hope you uh, enjoyed it, celebrating the birthday anniversary of the one and only Howard McGee. We're going to celebrate another birthday anniversary a little later on in the show. March the 6th is the birthday of one of the most beloved musicians in jazz and someone who had uh, quite a Vancouver connection. He came here a few times, the great Wes Montgomery. And uh, we're going to be playing a little bit of his music later on in the show. But I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to THE Jazz Show. On CITR FM 101.9 or on the web www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker and we'll be right back with a tribute to a great musician who passed away just recently in his adopted country of Denmark. And I'm talking about a great pianist by the name of Horace Parlin. And uh, we'll be talking about him and playing a little bit of his music in a very few moments right after these messages UBC music initiative
0: is a student-led club that aims to connect students music with their community we host monthly socials for our members to perform in a welcoming environment and to feel more confident in their music abilities in addition we offer students on and off-campus performances that allow them to share their talent and passion while giving back to the community to learn more Take the initiative by liking us on Facebook or emailing us at ubcmusicinitiative at gmail.com.
2: UBC Theatre and Film presents Les Berceurs by Michel Tremblay, translated into English by Bill Glasgow and John Van Burek. Ruckus. Realistic. Women. Women. Set in 1965 against the backdrop of Quebec's quiet revolution, 15 women tell their story as lurking resentments ignite against Germaine, the lucky winner of one million gold star tickets. Reimagined by MFA director Diane Brown and choreographed by Tara Cheyenne Friedenberg, Les sir ends our theater season with a foot-stomping bang, running March 16th to April 1st. Curtain at 7.30 in the Frederick Wood Theater. Student tickets only 1150. Tickets available at theaterfilm.ubc.ca. This stupid, rotten life. life. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkminim-speaking Musqueam people.
1: We're going to listen to some music now that involves a wonderful pianist by the name of Horace Parlin. Now, Horace probably became best known for his work on some of Charles Mingus's most famous recordings, Um, Blues and Roots uh, for Atlantic, and of course the famous Mingus Ahum, Mingus's best-selling record on Columbia Records. Horace was part of um, the Mingus organization at the time, and um, my friend uh, John Handy, who is now the only surviving member of those bands, uh, told me some beautiful stories about Horace and how he is such a, a gentle um, soul and uh, a wonderful man, and uh, even um, occasionally was uh, Mingus being Mingus, sometimes through his temper tantrums, and Horace Parlin was always able to just smile on through it and, <laughs> and carry on. Um, he had such a, a marvelous sort of uh, a peaceable personality, uh, Horace Parlin did. He um Recorded quite prominently um, in the uh, 60s uh, for Blue Note Records, made a whole series of albums with uh, different people, uh, Grant Green, um, the Turrentine Brothers, uh, Tommy and Stanley, and um, various other people, and then um, played with Roland Kirk for uh, a time and headed for Europe and uh, settled uh, in Denmark. And, of course, uh, found his home there, and, and this is where he uh, passed away just about a week ago. Um, he had been in quite ill health and um, was blind and, of course, uh, didn't, uh, wasn't able to move around very much. But some, um, at times, friends were able to uh, take him out to concerts and, and so on. He had, uh, unfortunately, he had stopped playing publicly about five years ago. Uh, due to age and and, um, failing health. And uh, Horace passed away um, in his sleep uh, one evening, and uh, we lost one of the great musicians. Horace Parlin had a a wonderful relationship with tenor saxophonist Booker Irvin. They met when they were in the volatile um, Mingus jazz workshop and became very close friends and, and uh, musical associates. And what I'm going to play for you is we're going to hear Horace Parlin speak, and he's going to play a beautiful piece of music that he wrote after hearing of the untimely death of Booker Irvin. Booker died in 1970, and um, Horace Parlin composed this piece of music for his friend Booker Irvin, and, and he talks about him before he plays the piece. This is um, We hear Horace on piano, um, and uh, he's going to tell you a little bit about Booker Irvin and his history with this great musician. And then we're going to follow that with a very, very um, three or four pieces, uh, or two or three pieces at least, from a wonderful album by Booker Irvin with Horace Parlin on piano. Uh, from a, a famous album that uh, Booker did for Candid Records, one of his uh, finest at the time, um, called That's It. And we're going to hear some music from from that. We're going to hear uh, three tunes from that album, with Booker Irvin on tenor saxophone, Horace Parlin on piano, George Tucker on bass, and Al Harewood on drums. Interestingly enough, when Booker Irvin got... Uh, this record date, um, he decided on the rhythm section. Horace Parlin, George Tucker, and Al Harewood uh, were working as a house rhythm section uh, at uh, Minton's uh, in New York and and backing up all kinds of uh, great musicians. And Horace said, uh, or Booker Irvin felt that this was the best rhythm section for him And, of course, with his close relationship with Horace Parlin, they were a perfect pair. So that's what we're going to hear. We're going to hear, first of all, the voice and the piano of Horace Parlin, the late Horace Parlin, uh, telling you all about his relationship, musical relationship with Booker Irvin. Then we're going to hear some music from this album called That's It. And we'll tell you more about the tunes after we hear the music. So we begin with this very beautiful tribute to Booker Irvin called Lament for Booker Irvin. Here is the voice and the music of Horace Parlin.
2: The music you've listened to for the last 28 minutes is by a very warm, passionate human being who is unfortunately no longer with us. My association with Booker began With the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop of the late fifties, and I must say that this introduction to his music left a very powerful impression on me. So powerful, in fact, that uh, I always have wanted to be associated with him from a musical standpoint, and we have always been very close friends. After the Mingus experience, we formed a group known as the Playhouse Four, and this group consisted of Booker and myself, the late George Tucker, and Al Harewood. And we made a few records together, and the group lasted for about one year, and economic conditions forced us to disband at the end of that time. Even though we, from that time, really never got a chance to do that much playing together, we have always kept in very close touch with each other. And I have followed his career uh, even during the time that he was here in Europe. And I know from talking with many musicians and people here that he left a very beautiful impression both musically and as a person with the people here. One of the things I regret is that we did not get a chance to play more together. We often talked about it, especially when he came back from Europe, but unfortunately, it never materialized. But I'll always remember his music and always remember him as a person, and I'd like to dedicate this tune to him, and it's called Lament for Booker Irvin.
0: good news Uh-huh. mm mm-hmm. We'll <laughs>
1: Yes, we heard a tribute to the late pianist Horace Parlin. We began that set with Horace uh, speaking about his musical relationship with his close friend Booker Irvin and uh, how they got together and uh, playing together with Mingus first of all and then Booker making this historic album. We heard three tracks from it, an album called That's It. And it was recorded for the Candid label. And Booker, of course, picked this wonderful rhythm section with his pal Horace Parlin on piano, George Tucker on bass, and the very tasteful Al Harewood on drums. And uh, first of all, we heard this very beautiful, um, moving lament for Booker Irvin with the speaking voice of Horace Parland and then, of course, his uh, beautiful uh, piece played on piano. And then we moved to this album, uh, That's It, and we heard three tunes from uh, this wonderful album, recorded in January of 1961. We opened with two Booker Irvin compositions. Um, The first one was entitled Mojo, and the second one was called Uranus, After the Planet. And uh, the Third piece was written by Kurt Weil, a standard tune. It's called Speak Low, and we heard, of course, Booker Irvin, the great Booker Irvin on tenor saxophone, one of the most distinctive voices on that instrument, and Mingus' favorite tenor saxophonist. With his pal Horace Parlin on piano, the late George Tucker on bass, and the late Al Harewood on drums. And Horace Parlin, the pianist, uh, passed away, um just about a week ago in his uh, adopted um, home country of, uh, of Denmark. He had lived there many, many years, recorded there, and so on. And he was in a home, well taken care of, um, but uh, not playing at all anymore because he, uh, he had become blind and um, he really didn't move very well and died peacefully in his sleep. But he made his contribution to jazz music, And now my good friend John Handy is the only survivor of those very, very famous Mingus recordings when they were all in the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop back in the late 50s, early 60s. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on the web www.citr.ca and we have a few announcements my name's Gavin Walker by the way and uh, we are going to um our jazz feature artist was Howard McGee and i mentioned this um these recordings that he did with his buddy Fats Navarro they um they went way back into uh they were bandmates together in several bands and they they had a mutual admiration society And when uh, Howard McGee returned to New York, he formed uh, this little band, and they made uh, some historic recordings for Blue Note Records um, under the name the McGee Navarro Boptet. And we're going to hear three um, of those significant recordings right after these messages. And then we're going to get into a tribute, a birthday tribute to the late, great Wes Montgomery. We're going to follow that. But right now... We've got some messages for you, and we'll be right back.
2: Want to know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news, as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca. UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources.
1: According to the official weather folks, we have a snowfall warning. Oh, it's March already. No more snow, but we're supposed to be getting some more. We got a little uh, some on the weekend, some actually a lot, depending on where you were. So um, the snow mixed in with rain is supposed to begin overnight, and we're going to have a low of about plus one. It's still cloudy out there as far as I know, but um, I can't see outside, but I checked on the uh, weather thing. It's still cloudy, but we may be getting some snow uh, tonight. Tomorrow, um, periods of wet snow turning to rain uh, during the daytime, of course, and uh, it could be dicey in the morning with a low of uh, uh, plus one and a high of four So whatever snow we're going to get is going to be diluted and then will uh, likely disappear um, later on in the day if we get any accumulation at all. It's still a guessing game with this stuff, but uh, one never knows. Wednesday is going to be cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of plus 1 and a high of 5. And then rain Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with lows between zero and highs up to between eight and nine degrees. So there you go. Rain, 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 rain. All right. As I mentioned earlier, uh, we heard um, Howard McGee, the great trumpet player, and uh, played one of his uh, seminal albums. But um, as I mentioned before, he formed this uh, little band that uh, he recorded with uh, in the late 40s when he returned uh, from the West Coast to New York City. And he and his buddy, Fats Navarro, one of the most influential trumpet players in jazz history, modern jazz history. Fats' life was very short. Unfortunately, he was 26 years old when he died in 1950. And um, uh, unfortunately, a victim of drugs and, and uh, ill health. But uh, Fats Navarro was amazing uh, as a trumpet player. Now, he and McGee formed this band called the um, McGee Navarro Bop Tet. And we're going to hear the three tunes that they recorded for Blue Note Records uh, back in October of 1948. So Howard McGee and Fats Navarro on trumpets, along with uh, one of my favorite alto saxophonists from this period, Ernie Henry. And on piano and vibes, the one and only Milt Jackson. On bass, Curly Russell. And on drums, Kenny Clark. Now, we're going to hear three tunes uh, from this uh, session. The first one was um, called The Skunk. It was written by Tad Dameron. Then the, there's a co-composition here, a real finger buster for trumpet players uh, called Boperation. And then the final tune is an up-tempo thing called Double Talk. Now, these three pieces are really uh, models for so many uh, trumpet players, modern jazz trumpet players. Wynton Marcellus, uh, uh, Woody Shaw, all the trumpet players studied these recordings because... Um, There's some great, great playing on these. So we're going to hear these three recordings, beginning with The Skunk. (laughs) <laughs> yes. We heard three classic tracks uh, recorded in 1948 for Blue Note Records featuring the McGee, Navarro, Tet. And uh, the people involved here, of course, Howard McGee on trumpet, who we heard on our jazz feature at the beginning of the show. The great and sadly lamented Fats Navarro on trumpet and uh, one of the most influential trumpet players in the history of jazz, Ernie Henry uh, on alto saxophone. We heard Milt Jackson playing both piano and vibes, and Curly Russell on bass and Kenny Clark on drums. And when Milt Jackson was soloing on vibes, uh, Howard McGee switched over quickly to piano to accompany Milt uh, as well. So just... (laughs) To straighten that one out. We heard three tunes. We opened with uh, Tad Dameron's uh, classic blues called The Skunk. And then we heard a co-composition by McGee and Navarro called Boperation. And the final tune, which came out on a blue note 12-inch 78, which meant that they could play for about five minutes, um, a tune featuring kind of a battle between the two trumpet players, a musical battle. And uh, that was called, of course, appropriately enough, Double Talk. And again, it was a co-composition of the two uh, protagonists, Howard McGee and Fats Navarro. Recorded in New York City October eleventh, 1948. Some classic music by two great trumpet players that, of course, uh, um, listened to by generations of modern trumpet players as great examples of uh, top-quality modern jazz. Howard McGee and Fats Navarro, the McGee-Navarro-Boptet. Mm-hmm. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on the web, www.citr.ca. I encourage you to uh, check out a couple of websites. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's a very, very good website, and it's got all kinds of links. And, uh, of course, it has the schedule for one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs, Frankie's, located down on B D Street, right across from BC Place. And the thing about Frankie's is... Um, sponsored, of course, by the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society and programmed by Corey Weeds. They have happy hours down there, which, uh, of course, there's no cover charge for, for them. Um, and, of course, they have all kinds of uh, great musicians coming in to perform at Frankie's. And one of the ways of finding out who's doing what and when is to get on this website, coastaljazz.ca. You can actually you can see the whole schedule for Frankie's and also make reservations and do all that kind of stuff um, if there's a band and, or a musician that you want to hear. So uh, it's very easy and very accessible. So check out the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society coastaljazz.ca. The other fine website is vancouverjazz.com and uh, that's a website with all kinds of interesting links and if you haven't checked it out, um, do so. It's, it's really fun and, and uh, uh, there's all sorts of information on there as well and it's kept up to date by my good friend Brian Nation. Don't forget Pat's Pub Saturday afternoons 3 to 7 That's in the old Patricia Hotel, and the pub is a very comfortable space, good acoustics, and uh, some great bands uh, playing there every week and doesn't cost you anything uh, in terms of uh, cover charge. You can sit and relax and nurse a beer or whatever and hear some of our finest musicians at Pat's Pub uh, in the Patricia Hotel in the redoubtable downtown east side of Vancouver there you go parking is pretty accessible around there they have a lot in the hotel but then there's lots of street parking and it's actually you're away from um, that <laughs> uh, fabled corner of Maine and Hastings you're far enough away that your car and and uh, and you're you're very safe down there really uh, it's uh, you know, some, some people have said, oh, I'd never go down there and all that kind. You don't have to worry about it, really. Um, anyway, the, the music at Pat's Pub um, is from 3 to 7 every Saturday, and some very, very fine bands uh, play there. So check it out. All right. Uh, one more brief thing is my good friend uh, Ken Speller. Ken Speller is a musician. He has a, a business called Music at Home, Uh, and he comes to your house and teaches you how to play the saxophone, the flute, or the clarinet. And if you're interested in doing that, uh, he's a great teacher, and he'll advise you on uh, renting or buying instruments if you don't have one and uh, all that kind of stuff. But he also repairs instruments too. So if you already own uh, a saxophone or, or clarinet or flute or play them all, Um, You know that these instruments, whether you're a professional, amateur, or student, you know these these instruments have to be kept in shape. And Ken Speller has his own repair shop in his home, so he doesn't charge you an arm and a leg to uh, tweak your horn or give you a complete overhaul or anything like that, and he's very, very fair and a very, very good repairman as well. So he can be reached at 778. 800-1933, Eight hundred nineteen thirty three. 1933 that's by phone, 778 or you can reach them via email, kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R, underscore, 14 at yahoo.ca. kspeller, underscore, 14 at yahoo.ca. Ken Speller. All right. Wes Montgomery was born today, March the 6th. And, of course, he is one of the most revered and best-loved musicians in jazz and, of course, one of the foremost jazz guitar players. Um, Wes Montgomery, of course, um, never used a pick. Um, He's basically self-taught on guitar. Wes didn't read music either. Um, He did everything by ear. An amazing musician. Um, Super, super talented and taken from us. uh, He was far too young, died of a... Uh, a heart attack. Wes was not a drug user or anything like that, but he he worked really, really hard. But um, the unique thing about his playing style is that he never used a pick. He used his thumb and got that unique Wes Montgomery sound that uh, every guitar player that I know, whether they play uh, rock and roll, funk, um, alternative, any kind of music, they all love Wes Montgomery. And, um, I've never met a guitar player that has ever said anything bad about Wes Montgomery, so his music appeals to so many people. We're going to hear him with a working band that he had uh, together in the mid-'60s. This was recorded um, overseas in Europe while he was on a tour with that band. And we're going to hear Wes on guitar and the wonderful, and still with us, Harold Mayburn on piano. Now, Harold's been to Vancouver many times, and, and uh, he's a real institution. Arthur Harper on bass and my old friend and birthday buddy, we were both born on the same day and the same year, Jimmy Lovelace on drums, the late, great Jimmy Lovelace, one of the more underrated drummers. And um, I knew Jimmy very well. He was he was uh, great. And, of course, we shared a birthday together. We were both Aquarius. <laughs> Crazy, but that's all right. Anyway, that's the band. West Montgomery on guitar, Harold Mayburn on piano, Arthur Harper on bass, Jimmy Lovelace on drums. We're going to hear um, John Coltrane's Impressions. And we're going to follow that with a beautiful ballad. Here's That Rainy Day by Jimmy Van Heusen. And then we're going to follow that with a West Montgomery original. And I'll tell you what that's going to be after you hear it. So we begin the set. With Impressions, by John Coltrane. (音楽) The top of 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 the
0: The top
1: We heard three incredible pieces by Wes Montgomery and his working band recorded in London uh, March the 25th, 1965. And the people, of course, in his band Wes on guitar, Harold Mayburn on piano, Arthur Harper on bass, and Jimmy Lovelace on drums. And we heard three. pieces. We opened with John Coltrane's Impressions. Then we heard the Jimmy Van Heusen uh, ballad played sort of bossa nova style. Here's That Rainy Day, one of Wes's favorites. And uh, an original composition by Wes Montgomery that I've always liked called Jingles. And that featured uh, everyone in the band. Tremendous piano solo by Harold Mayburn, of course, and some really fine work by my friend My late friend Jimmy Lovelace on drums. And just to uh, recap, we're doing a a bit of a tribute to John Leslie Montgomery, better known as Wes. Uh, He was born on this day, March the 6th, 1923, in Indianapolis and passed away at age 45, June the 15th, 1968, died of a heart attack, premature heart attack. And um, he had just returned home from a tour, and uh, he told his wife he wasn't feeling well that day. And the next thing, uh, about an hour later, um, Wes was gone, sad to say, at a very young age. And, of course, uh, we all miss Wes Montgomery, one of the nicest people, and also just um, one of the great guitarists in the history of music, really, because he is appreciated by everyone, including all the um, rock guitarists and all the R&B guitarists, the funk guitarists. Every guitar player loves Wes Montgomery and has listened to him. And uh, of course, um, his music seemed to uh, appeal to so many people, even uh, non-jazz listeners, um, appreciated the artistry of Wes Montgomery. We're going to wrap up our tribute with a couple of things uh, more by Wes, but this time a different setting. This is Wes and organist Jimmy Smith, and with Grady Tate on drums. And we're going to hear uh, a piece of music with just the two of them called James and Wes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're going to hear a piece of music that I've always liked, written by Gary McFarland and arranged. Um, and played by the Oliver Nelson Orchestra accompanying Wes Montgomery, Jimmy Smith, and Grady Tate, and Ray Barreto. Um, And the piece of music is called Thirteen, subtitled Death March. So here then is, first of all, is just um, the trio, Jimmy Smith on Hammond organ, Wes Montgomery on guitar, and Grady Tate on drums, and here's James and Wes. I'm Wrapping up our tribute to Wes Montgomery, we heard two pieces of music recorded around the same time in, uh, in New York City for Verve Records. The first one uh, featured uh, just a trio with um, Jimmy Smith, of course, on Hammond organ and Wes Montgomery on guitar and that was called and Grady Tate on drums and that was called James and Wes. And the second tune, we brought in the orchestra of of uh, Oliver Nelson and an arrangement and composition by Gary McFarlane called Thirteen, subtitled Death March. And that featured um, the orchestra, Richard Davis on bass, uh, Ray Barretto on percussion, and, of course, Grady Tate on drums, Jimmy Smith on Hammond organ, and Wes Montgomery on guitar. And... Uh, playing a few things uh, honoring the birthday anniversary of the late, great Wes Montgomery. March the 6th, 1923, in Indianapolis, Wes Montgomery. John Leslie Montgomery, the thumb. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 broadcasting out here from the campus of the University of British Columbia on unseated on Musqueam territory. We're also on the web, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and here's a kind of a special edition of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers. In between saxophone players, um, Hank Mobley had left the band, and Benny Golson was... Going to come, um, Wayne Shorter actually was uh, was going to uh, come into the band, but in between that time, Art Blakey hired the European-born tenor saxophonist Barney Willen. and uh, they only made this one recording uh, when uh, while Barney was with the band just for a few months, but um, he sounds great on this. Barney, uh, So it's Lee Morgan on trumpet, who <laughs> always sounds great as far as I'm concerned, Barney Willen on tenor saxophone, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass, and the great Art Blakey on drums. This is recorded in New York City in July of 1959, and this is a version of a great tune written by Duke Jordan entitled No Problem. And it was part of a soundtrack to a movie, a French movie, called Les Liaisons Dangereuses, Dangerous Liaisons. And um, this was the uh, theme song from uh, that movie. But anyway, here's a full-length version of the tune with some great solos by everybody. No problem. The last piece of music we heard was by the great Yusef Latif uh, that was recorded in Detroit with uh, Bernard McKinney, who uh, became known as Kenny Zawadi. He played the euphonium on that, which is a band instrument. It's like a small tuba, and um, Bernard uh, was one of the masters of that instrument. On piano, the late, great Terry Pollard. And uh, she was such a wonderful musician. She also played Vibes as well. Legendary Detroit musician, uh, a wonderful lady. And uh, she died from uh, MS a number of years ago. Terry Pollard on piano, William Austin on bass, and my old friend Frank Gant on drums. And that was from an album called The Fabric of Jazz, Youssef Latif. And that piece of music was called Half Breed, written by Youssef. And before that, we heard um, a piece by Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers, a special edition of the Jazz Messengers with Lee Morgan on trumpet, Barney Willen on tenor saxophone, uh, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass, and, of course, Art Blakey on drums. And the tune was Duke Jordan's great classic, No Problem. And that that tune uh, preceded the Yusuf Latif tune. Anyway, that's it for tonight's jazz show, our first in the merry month of March. And, of course, next week we'll be doing our Fun Drive show. So we'll be talking a lot about the Fun Drive and uh, what that means to CITR and uh, how to contribute to it. It starts actually on the 9th, and uh, you can... uh, uh, Contact uh, CITR at a very special number um, from the 9th on. You can uh, uh, make a donation, little, big, whatever, at 604-822-8648. You'll be hearing a lot of that number on CITR after the 9th or 604-UBC-UNIT. And um, from Thursday, March the 9th to Thursday, March the 16th at 9.30 p.m. It all ends. All right. That's it for The JS Show. I'd like to thank you very much for being out there this evening. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, on behalf of CITR 101.9 on your FM dial. And uh, we'll see you in seven days' time. Next Monday, our Fun Drive show. Take care. Stay out of the snow and uh, be kind to yourselves.